0: This episode of the 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundee Motors, Ireland's largest car website. Find your next premium car from one of our trusted dealerships.
1: I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me 5 million a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Rugby Rugby Weekly.
2: Then the first pass.
3: hello everybody and welcome to friday's rugby weekly podcast with the 42 it's gavin casey with you here and joining us from rome to look ahead to a massive weekend for ireland in the six nations as well as the other countries as well is murray kinsler are you actually in the stadio Olimpico as we speak murray that's an impressive backdrop or background you have there
2: i'm sitting in the vip section i think actually uh, i just Where come out for a bit of a bit of space and um I can raise my voice here. Everyone else is still working away inside. So uh, yeah, I'm sitting in the stadium. It's beautiful. It's like 15 degrees. It's cloudless nearly. The pitch looks incredible. Beautiful stadium, beautiful venue. So it's great to be back here.
3: Yeah, have you been there many times before?
2: Been here for games a good few times. Obviously, the last visit was 2019, so it's been a while, and I've kind of forgotten the joys of the city, first and foremost. It's just so stunning and historic, and every time you turn a corner, there's a new wonder awaiting you. Obviously, loads of incredible tourist highlights, but just lovely to stroll around, the food, the wine. Everything about it is lovely. So you can see why the planes over were absolutely jam-packed. I went through London actually yesterday, and even that route was full Irish fans. Um, All the, the planes come from Dublin. There's been charter flights from Cork as well put on. So there's loads of people over here, thousands of Irish fans. And it definitely is one of the great weekends. So for anyone who hasn't done it yet, this is absolutely one that has to be up the top of your bucket list
3: before we dive into tomorrow's game just wanted to touch upon the passing of Tom Tierney as well and I guess some of the excitement towards the game is tempered now in in the well in light of that sad news and I I guess I just have to ask you what you can tell people about him in a way I I think everybody would be familiar with Tom but uh, I don't know would you have had say one-to-one experiences with him or Even if you could just speak to his legacy in Irish rugby, because he actually achieved so much, not only as a player, but as I probably more so knew him as a coach as well.
2: It's just shocking, shocking news. He was 46. It's just too young. And the words started to filter over here just this morning. And it was disbelief, like people literally stopping in their tracks because of his youth. He has young daughters and a wife who, who, who he leaves behind. And it's just tragic, horrific news and he did achieve so much in rugby and and that's the nice stuff that will be remembered got eight caps for Ireland obviously coincided at a time with Peter Stringer coming through and and they had a battle for the jersey for for quite a while there played with Munster and, and Connacht as well as going abroad to Leicester Tigers and even you're seeing I think people who are on Twitter and social media will see people he played with there already saying what a brilliant teammate he was and that seems to be the the main message people who played with him remember him as an incredible character and there's yeah a great sense of disbelief uh, over here everyone around the the captains run today um it just took the the kind of wind out everyone's sails so yeah may he rest in peace and i think everyone is thinking of his his young family
3: yeah i'd extend uh, our sympathies to them as well and I don't know if Birch played with him I haven't even had a chance to look that up it was Birch who informed me of the news earlier this morning so we might come back to it on Monday as well and ask Birch for any stories he might have about knowing Tom or playing alongside him
2: Yeah of course and his, I his influence on in Irish rugby extends into coaching he did the Ireland women's role people remember he coached under 19 under 20s teams some 7s rugby as well they won the, the Ireland women's team won a 6 nations under his leadership um, and he's been working with the he had been working with the kind of academy and and development pipeline in in recent years as well. So doing great work, kind of under the radar as well. So you'll be missed as a person and you'll be missed as a, a rugby man as well.
3: Yeah, you certainly will be. And there's no easy way to sag out of that. There is a game to speak about still tomorrow, and we'll just do that. Um, that game will will very much be going ahead, and and it is one that uh, people would be well within their rights to be looking forward to, particularly those travelling fans over there in Rome and. Uh, the big news before that game for the moment Murray is that Gary Ringrose has been ruled out it was an injury that he picked up against France from what we gather and it just hasn't quite healed up properly yet Uh, he was probably a lingering doubt coming into it and they don't feel the need to risk it but would it be fair to say that it's not one that they're concerned about long term within the context of this tournament
2: no they seem confident that he'll be back for Scotland for England those last two games in what is hopefully their tilt at a grand slam he's here obviously in Rome and and they did expect him to make it they obviously named him in the team but just this morning he woke up it felt a bit tight and that can happen with you know the, the plane journey and all the travel yesterday so they're not going to risk him I think if it was a World Cup final he'd be playing but it's it's not worth that risk at this stage so no major drama there in the long term obviously it's a blow for the game and he's so important in terms of his defensive qualities at, at 13 as well that's probably where they'll, they'll miss him most and I know he's been red hot on attack as well we were expecting to move now to outside centre and defend there and he's done that of course for, for Connacht and has experience there but they'll, they'll miss Ringrose um, it is I suppose positive that it's not going to be a longer term thing but it's the latest kind of late setback <laughs> before games you you kind of turn up at the captain's run now trying to count numbers out on the pitch and see who's there and the the Irish media officer kind of had a, a, gr- a sheepish grin when I asked everyone here and and how's everyone been so um, there's always news, it seems like, with Ireland, but this isn't a, a serious issue. And um, they've got quality cover there. So I think McCluskey and Aki will be powerful, for obviously, first and foremost, but both of them can play as well. And defensively, they're they're really strong. So not a um, not a bad replacement in, in terms of bringing McCluskey into the team.
3: No, it's definitely not a bad replacement, but I couldn't help but feel just knowing that Ringrose is going to miss out and knowing the changes Farrell has already made... Are we dicing with danger a little bit? Like, the game could be a little bit closer than it might be if Ireland were at absolutely full tilt.
2: There is that thread, and I think even if they had a few more of their frontliners who are missing, it it probably would have been a closer game than we're used to anyway. I think the margin is closer than it often is, and I haven't checked since the the latest injury news, but we are expecting more of a contest than has been the case in the past year. It's often been a bit of a blowout game for Ireland in terms of racking up a big scoreline, but... I think even they are hopeful of, of getting a a battle and getting a closer contest to tomorrow from the Italians who've been much improved and they still have pretty glaring weaknesses in their game particularly around how to get out of their own half at times and they are a little bit naive with that ambition to play from every corner of the pitch but we know they can cut teams apart we know that they you know the athletes that they have coming through now and have come through are really outstanding at, at even this highest level so there's plenty there for Ireland to be concerned about, you're right and yeah, it's not ideal to be losing players all the time through injury now it's it's obviously um, frustrating for the coaches and I'm sure they'll have looked at every little bit of their preparation to make sure they can um, account for the, the ones that are preventable but um, this squad depth has been a big team and has been a really impressive team in the Six Nations players have invariably taking their opportunities i think it's brilliant that jimmy o'brien for example now gets a chance in the match day 23 which wouldn't have come his way otherwise and and it would have been really tough for a player of his quality and form and most recent performances for ireland to to miss out on involvement in a six Nations. so hopefully we see get him get a, a good run and i suppose the challenge then for ireland is just continuing that seamless transition regardless of who's on the pitch
3: the 42 Rugby Weekly is sponsored by Dundeal Motors. Whether it's luxury cars, seven-seaters for a growing family, or making this switch to electric, find everything you need at dundeele.ie. We will see tomorrow how seamlessly this new halfback pairing operates. And here was Own Tulin on Wednesday's pod for the 42 members, chatting about Ross Byrne and Ireland's out-half picture.
0: Yeah, this sport is fickle, isn't it? Like, Ross Byrne clearly had deficiencies in his game from a a national team perspective and there were areas of his game that Cat and Farrell wanted him to go away and work on. He's done that. He successfully delivered for Leinster in the absence of, of Johnny Sexton. And he's had the ability to transfer that provincial form onto the national stage. And I think, I think what's most impressive is how players are fitting into the, the national framework seamlessly. Even if you reflect on Crowley in that Australian game, coming in at the 11th hour, kind of operating within the systems really, really efficiently. I think Ross Burns come in and not having to to do too much, just do his role. I think everyone functions <laughs> so well around him that there isn't this um, expectation that you've got to deliver above and beyond your performance level. Deliver at, at a, a level that you consistently be doing for... For province i think that's going to be good enough for this irish team such as the balance of play currently and ross Byrne has just shown a huge uh mental resilience i would say i'd say it really would have hurt him harry his younger brother getting picked ahead of him despite not starting ahead of him for for club i, I would say that was definitely galling with harry not really having displayed anything on a consistent basic basis club level so Massive kudos to Ross Byrne, but to say it's all sewn up if he starts this weekend, I think might be a little bit premature. I think uh, a certain Joey Carby will have something to say about that. Harry uh, Harry Byrne was, I know we're going to caveat this in terms of the opposition Leinster played last weekend, but he looked impressive too. Cullen talked about how well he led the team during the week. So I just think we're getting to a stage now between Crowley, Carby, the two Burns. For the first time in Irish rugby history, I'd imagine we're starting to build a depth chart at 10, which is rather good timing given the um, age profile of a certain Johnny Sexton.
3: That was Owen Tulin on the Members Pod on Wednesday. It's membersthe e. if you want to join us there every Monday with Birch and every Wednesday with Owen, plus Ireland post-match pods as well. Murray is being harangued there by stadium officials as I watch him on the screen.
2: I think everyone's trying to record in the same spot. So... uh... (laughs) BBC Northern Ireland just did their stint and now I'm looking at Claire from Ortiz. She's probably doing her her bit back to to the studio as well. It's just such a lovely backdrop. It's such a lovely setting. Um, So yeah, there's a good uh, media turnout as well, unsurprisingly.
3: (laughs) Do they not know you're a VIP? Uh, (laughs) Just just to touch upon the halfbacks, Murray, I I was saying to Owen um, in advance of that clip that, uh, or my question that led to his answer there was probably along the lines of Ross Byrne has... The jersey sewn up at this point. That's the way I feel about the backup ten slot because there isn't a great deal of room for experimentation between now and kickoff in the World Cup against Romania in Bordeaux. Like it's there's four games after full time in Rome uh between then and World Cup kickoff, and uh chances are Johnny Sexton is going to start at least two of those games in uh, the conclusion of the Six Nations. So it just doesn't feel as though there's a great deal of wiggle room for somebody to work their way back in there. That being said, Burns resurgence in uh, the ireland jersey is an example to somebody like joey carberry in how to overtake him again like in the sense that he's just been playing out of his skin and that might be enough and that that might be the only way that somebody gets in ahead of him at this point but i wonder what are the differences to your mind in starting a game like this versus coming on to close the show against a france or a wales as he has done so far in the six nations
2: his reintegration, rather, has been really smooth so far and the replacement appearances have been impactful. It is a different role to lead and guide the team through the week and even in the captain's run, you see he's the boss. You know, He's talking about plays they're going to do in certain areas of the pitch. He's in charge of their tactical approach. It was interesting that just 20 minutes ago, Mike cat was speaking about the leaders and he mentioned Ross Byrne. Like that naturally comes with the position, but clearly he's come back in and hasn't taken time finding his voice and and delivering those instructions. He's really comfortable in that role and it's a big part of what this Irish coach and staff are looking for from their their out halves in particular. They want great authority from those players and, and Byrne gives you that. At the same time it's a really important game for him tomorrow. I like he he absolutely has been really impressive this season and is a clear number two probably now, but I don't think anything is quite sewn up just yet. Obviously there's the the threat of injury constantly in Ropey and things can change quickly there, but he has to really back up what he's been doing tomorrow and and be calm and authoritative and continue to show that improvement in the attacking side of his game in terms of taking the ball to the line, putting people through holes and making sure that Ireland don't uh, end up with a a bump in the road in in the Six Nations. So it's a brilliant opportunity and all the signs suggest that he will have an excellent game and indeed that he will continue on this pathway as, as being the number two but I'm still excited by Jack Crowley off the bench I hope he gets a really good stint and Carberry's here as well and Mike Cat said he's come back in smoothly and uh, and done well in the, the last week with, with the team so he's still in the frame and I know it seems like a short time but so much can change so quickly in rugby uh, we've seen it so many times and, and Burn is a just, just the latest example of that it really isn't that long ago that he was completely out of the picture and that's not just in our minds, that's in Andy Farrell's mind, you know, I think it's shown great, I think it's shown great awareness from Farrell to be able to go, actually, I got that wrong, get this guy back in here and get him into an important role pretty quickly. So, you're right, Carberry will look at that and think, I can, I can have that kind of turnaround too.
3: It's a chance as well for Craig Casey to bank some of that credit that Byrne has quickly built up now where we've seen Casey ostensibly overtake Conor Murray at Munster. But in Andy Farrell's mind, Murray is still the dependable backup to Jameson Gibson-Park. Very different type of player, but somebody upon whom you could put your house. And you just know defensively he's going to be up to the task. You know that actually he can play at tempo when he's on song. He's a brilliant scrum half all round and a big physical presence at that. Even if Casey is different, it feels as though this game against Italy, and a pretty formidable Italian outfit as well, by their standards at least, Casey can put the hand up and say no I'm your guy uh, if Gibson Park is unavailable I'm the guy you should be turning to not the guy that I've already pretty much kind of overtaken at my province
2: for sure that's a- another massive opportunity for him and it, it's all like I, I know there's been loads of headlines about Casey getting his first six Nations start but it's almost slightly being taken for granted because it's just against Italy but Italy is a top tier test now and it's going to be ferocious he's going to be under intense pressure it's a big stadium obviously it's not going to be full but there'll be plenty of noise and it's in a different environment so a, a totally new challenge for him I think it's brilliant again from from Farrell to give him that exposure and give him that chance it would have been easier just to continue with Murray and maybe give Casey a longer stint I think back to two years ago when he made his debut uh, for Ireland along with Ryan Baird and, and at that time Johnny Sexton was comparing him to Johnny Wilkinson in terms of his work ethic and his diligence in his approach and the kind of impact he'd made on the squad behind the scenes which was a a massive statement from from Sexton and I think Casey probably would have he's very ambitious I think he probably would have felt he would be ahead of where he is even by now he's had to be quite patient as you say with with getting past Conor Murray and Munster and I don't think that battle is fully sewn up by any means at all and, and with Ireland, too, he's had to be patient. So it's a great chance for him to be himself. That's constantly the message from the Ireland coaches. I think it's a great message. Go out and do your thing and, and don't try to be a different scrum half. Don't try and be a Jabs Gibson at Park or, or Connor Murray. Absolutely, you'll learn from those guys. But Craig Casey being himself would be a thrilling sight to see here. And it would give Ireland, I think, a, a great chance at, at opening up the Italian defence.
3: Aside from the obvious answer, which is to win, what's a successful outcome for Ireland in Rome then, to your mind? If they were to scrape past Italy the way France did three weeks ago, are you coming away from that game, albeit without having seen it yet, feeling as though, okay, that's job done, you keep the Grand Slam on track, etc.? Or is this a game in which you feel they need to almost impress as well as win against Italy?
2: I'd almost actually look at it from Italy's point of view. I'll come away from this tomorrow thinking it's a success for Ireland if Italy played really well and really challenged them and made them uncomfortable and forced them to make mistakes you don't want players obviously falling apart and setting back their own progression some of the guys we just mentioned but I think it's almost no bad thing to have a little bit of a, a speed bump you don't want Ireland obviously to lose they want to keep winning and and go for that Grand Slam but I think part of that journey has to be kind of tougher days and frustrating days and I'd love I'd absolutely love to see Italy make a really good start maybe even nudge ahead of Ireland and put them in that kind of unfamiliar position um, they're, they're clear and, and heavy favourites and I'd be absolutely stunned if they don't don't win but I'm really hopeful of seeing Italy turn up with a convincing performance that challenges Ireland like they never really have been challenged here
3: I have to say I strongly disagree with that I hope it's a really facile <laughs> straightforward win it's been a long
2: ah that's boring isn't it that's boring I don't know
3: I just want an easy afternoon it's been a long week more you know <laughs> but I know what you're saying I think a lot of people will agree with you uh, we're sort of flying by the seat of our pants today because you've been traveling. Obviously, you're in Rome now. I'm literally starting my work shift, so we haven't had any conversation before this podcast. We're we're kind of riffing here a little bit, and I wanted to ask you: Have you? Are you up to speed on say the Wales situation? You obviously know that Wales in England that game will go ahead. I just wanted to ask you: what are your reaction, or what was your reaction as we come out of that maelstrom? Really, that we had been discussing on previous podcast episodes for members and non-members
2: alike. It's relief, relief that obviously the game is going ahead, which is great. I think it's going to be a brilliant match. Relief for the players that they're kind of getting through that and it's not all roses now that it's been resolved. There's still there's still lots more to resolve there and there's lots more kind of water to go under that bridge. But I think they're relieved. I think U are relieved. I think everyone in Cardiff is going to be relieved because they've got their match day incoming, coming, and that's a massive part of it. So I, I can't wait to see now how the Welsh players react on the pitch I, I just saw Ken Owen saying it's galvanised them and it could have that effect you know they don't have that looming over them now as they did for the last two games where they were they were poor so I think we'll see a freer uh, Wales I think the team that Gatland has picked is really interesting I think it probably doesn't help that he's kind of jumping here and there with his the selection and they won't have any of that kind of cohesion and momentum and time in the saddle but to see Lewis Lewis Rees-Damet back in the team is really exciting and I mean what a brave selection it out Owen Williams another who was completely out of the picture in terms of international rugby very recently and now he's starting a, a huge game against England also intrigued to see whether England um can add a few attacking flourishes to the really good, strong base that they, they put out against Italy. So that promises to be an, an, a really intriguing fixture. And then the Sunday game, Scotland France, is just going to be fascinating because we find out if the Scots are actually any good.
3: <laughs> what do you reckon? Are they good?
2: I think they're decent. But I, honestly, I feel like there'll be a bit of a, an awakening on Sunday. And France have a massive point to prove to themselves and everyone else about their position. I just think it's going to be so different for the Scots. I hope we see more of their brilliance with the ball and their accuracy in using what hasn't been a massive amount of of possession and territory and opportunities. They've been so, so clinical. And I'd love to see them go toe-to-toe with the French, but I have a feeling that it's another level up.
3: I'll leave you go before Claire McNamara from more takes her head off there and uh, we'll catch you again after the game. You'll be chatting to members It's members.42.ie. Uh, you and Kiron on the post-match pod after Italy-Ireland?
2: Yeah, we're on after the match, so looking forward to that and hopefully yeah, another Irish victory and a three out of three towards the Grand Slam to chat about. That sounds good to me.
3: Uh, I'll be back with members on Monday as well. We'll catch you over the weekend or next week have a great one everybody enjoy the game enjoy all of the rugby and mind yourselves take it easy
0: this episode of the 42 rugby weekly is brought to you by Dundee motors ireland's largest car website find your next premium car from one of our trusted dealerships
1: Driver He's refreshing the world in mind, body and spirit Mind, body and spirit You better hear it, I fear it Oh, that's the spirit Saying insist, insist For how I miss you, miss you Let us go wrist to So take your skin off of a bitch, man If you're a rock star, pawn star, superstar Doesn't matter what you are Get yourself a good car, get out of here Put the, the 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 Put the boys in the better land, you're always talking about the boys in the better land The boys in the better line Put the boys in the better land You're always talking about the boys in the better land The boys in the better land Name so virtuoble barrels. He spits out, bricks out, only smoke battles. And he's refreshing in the world in mind, body, and spirit, mind, body and spirit. Let a hear that spirit. Ah that's the spirit. Saying this, this is the I miss, you miss, you let go wrist to wrist. So take the skin off up with mister if you're a rock star, pawn star, superstar, doesn't matter what you add, get yourself a good cat, get out of here. Yeah. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Put the boys in the better land. The the better land. You're always talking about those boys in the better land. The boys in the better alive